Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I'm your host, Eric, and uh, joining me on the old Skype uh, this evening is Chloe Anagnos. How's it going? Hey, I'm well. How are you? Ah, doing very well, doing very well. Uh, I saw that uh, you were on uh, Sounds Like Liberty podcast, and I was... Uh, I had commented underneath it. It was like, Oh, she's on my bucket list of people to get on. And then you responded like almost immediately. So no, well, that was so sweet. And it's like, so, so cute to me that, that people want to interview me. I don't really think I'm that interesting, but, um, I, I really like being on podcasts, love talking to new folks. So I'm glad we're doing it. Yeah. Same here. Same here. I was, um, I first heard you on uh, Lions of Liberty, and I was like, oh, man, I've got to get her on. So uh, your name w- immediately went down on a list. Uh, don't worry. It's a good list. Oh, so. good. Okay. At least not a bad list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So today I spent uh, a good part of the afternoon kind of catching up on uh, your recent articles. And um, so I think a lot of what you write about is uh, going to be economics, especially uh, from the standpoint of um, you know barriers to entry, uh, that type of thing, how government just kind of gets in the way of everything. Is that a pretty right. fair assessment? Yeah, I think that's definitely pretty fair. Um, the The older that I get, the more that I realize that government just gets in the way and is a true barrier to entry in a lot of career fields. Um, and to go off on a, on a side tangent, I had a hydrofacial today, which is an amazing thing. Ladies out there, get a, get yourself a hydrofacial because it will make you feel, one, amazing. Two, your skin will feel like butter. And three, it'll take like years off your wrinkle lines, right? And as I was talking to the girl that does my facials, um, we were talking about how there's some salon, maybe like out in California, I can't quite remember, but they got cited or shut down because they were giving people vampire facials, which is, it's kind of gross. I don't think I would do it, but it's where you like do something with the person's blood or whatever. And people were getting HIV because they weren't in their needles or anything, or they weren't like really exposed, like disposing their needles. And I'm sitting there while, and granted a hydrofacial, she just uses like water to really like clean out your pores. It's not like she's doing anything crazy. Right. I'm just sitting there cruising. And I was talking to Mara and um, I said, you know, occupational licensing, a lot of people would look at that and say, oh, you know, maybe they weren't licensed. They probably weren't, uh, you know, the, the government probably should have gone in and, and done something. And I, I told my esthetician, I said, hey, I don't come to you because you're licensed. I come to you because I had friends that had gone there previously and they said, like, yeah, she does great work. And I go there because she does a good job. It's not like I go there because she has a license you know, signed by governor Holcomb of Indiana. Um, so that's, that's something that as I, as I've gotten older, I've, um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, get facials, you know, do whatever makes you feel good, look good, feel good, all that fun stuff. But a lot of the, especially young women that I talk to that are a little bit younger than me, that's something that is a crazy barrier um, to their career, career field. So that's something that I try, try to write on a bit. Oh yeah. I can imagine. Um, I used to get tattoos and, um, you know, the department of health and human services have to go in there and inspect to make sure they're, you know, properly disposing of the, of the used ink and everything. And, uh, most of the tattoo artists I talk to are kind of of the same vein. He goes, I, you know, I don't want to get somebody sick or, uh, hurt them 
because my reputation is all I have in this business. Yes. So when we send you out into the world with our artwork on you, you know, that is kind of like our business cards, you know. And if we make one person sick or we hurt them, you know, we might as well just shut down because that that it, it's kind of like the game of telephone because once the fifth person hears it, you know, it was like standing on top of them and really grinding the needle into them and everything. So, yeah, they, they live and die by reputation alone. And it's not because DHH came in there and, you know, posted a sticker in their door. No, absolutely not. And and something else, and I eventually I need to write an article about this. It's on, you know, you get that like long running Google Doc of ideas or like post-it note that has everything that you ever want to do. But something I really want to write about and I need to um, do a little bit more research. It is now more common for girls when they get their ears pierced and it's a lot more safer to go to tattoo parlors instead yeah. of a place like Claire's at the mall. Because uh, those people, they know what they're doing, whereas a teenager at the mall doesn't necessarily know what they're doing. And I don't even think, and I don't quote me on this, I'm not entirely sure, but I think at a place like Claire's, you don't really even have to have any type of license. You just have to get trained, maybe. So I, I need to do more research, but um, I myself got my ears pierced at a tattoo parlor when I was seven or eight years old. Um, and I know I have some friends, they've got their, their daughters that are going to go to tattoo parlors as well. So no, you're very much right. That artwork, it's truly an art form. And if that person doesn't do a good job and burns at least, you know, just one person, that's their entire reputation. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as far as the, uh, getting your ears pierced and stuff like that, it, that, I mean, they have a person there who just specializes in piercings. So they've got all of the equipment laid out. They've done it a hundred times. Uh, and even in various different body parts, so it's not just the ears and stuff. So it's uh, it's your imagination, folks. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, uh, one tattoo I was getting, there was uh, right right across the way from me. A lady was getting a tattoo in a very uncomfortable area, and the guy was like, "He's like, okay, I'm gonna draw this stick figure looking like he's mowing the grass, but are you really sure this is going to be pretty painful?" And she was <gasps> like, "Yeah, yeah, do it." I was like, "Okay." Oh my gosh. I mean, do, you know, do what you want. That's totally fine. But uh, at some point I think you might regret that. I don't know. It's her life. She can do, she can do what she wants. We're libertarians here, but I don't know if I would necessarily choose that for myself. So. Yeah. And the way she was squirming in that chair the whole time, it, it was making me uncomfortable. And I'm pretty sure the guy was like, Oh man, I don't really want to be down here any longer than I have to. Yeah. Get in I mean. there, get it, get out. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, and I, I do not have any tattoos. I have thought about it for a very long time. I have just never come up with something, one, that I want to have on me for the rest of my life. Yeah. But two, I'm really afraid of needles. And like to the point, this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm afraid of needles to the point where I cry when I get my blood drawn. Oh, no. Not, not like full on bawling, but like I tear up a little bit. Yeah. And then I get really uncomfortable and really dizzy, and I almost throw up. And so I don't think I'd be able to sit there and have anything, you know, intricately done. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get the courage one day, but I don't think it'll be anytime soon. So. <laughs> yeah, tattooing is uh, not the place to go if you have a fear of needles, because it's several needles all going into your skin at the same time. So it's, yeah, I've seen people pass out doing it, and it's like... <laughs> It's like, why is this guy getting a tattoo? He's like, is he okay? He's like, oh yeah, he's just got a fear of needles. I was like, why? Why is he? 
Wrong place, man. Yeah, but I mean, as far as not having any tattoos, I mean, you're more of a rebel than I am. So just because everyone's got tattoos at this point. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's funny. I feel like a lot of people that I know have tattoos. Um, I like. I mean, like I said, I at one point I was on a work trip a couple years ago in Vegas and one of my coworkers was going to have, he's got like 20 tattoos. One of my former coworkers, excuse me. And he was going to get something really small and he's, and he told me, he's like, Hey, are you, are you finally going to go and do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. And then it, it gets it like, you know, eight o'clock at night when we're supposed to go. And I'm like, nah, man, I, I just, I can't do it. No, nope. I chickened out. Gotta, won't ever be able to live that one down, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, he, oh man, he chickened out. That's uh, that's never a good look because because you're always going to be that person in the group, you know, and it's like, oh, you didn't get it. Everyone yeah, else would have got it. I think I might have. I probably would have regret it, but that's okay. Maybe maybe next time I'm I'm on a, a work trip in Vegas, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I got to imagine they probably got really good tattoo artists in Vegas, so you'll be oh, in good hands. Oh yeah, and and that was what was um, interesting. I have only been to Vegas once. It was for that trip, and I'm mean, tattoo parlors everywhere. You know, tattoo parlors everywhere, and then a lot of luxury goods everywhere too. But if you think about it, there's a lot of luxury goods, uh, like you know, different stores and things like that yeah. for bags, accessories, gold, jewelry, whatever, because they want people who quote unquote win big to go and buy one of their products. So. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, as soon as you uh, beat the odds, you get your uh, money. Now you're considered a whale. Now go down the street to go waste several thousand dollars on a handbag you'll use only once. Yeah. I mean, I if anyone wanted to buy me a Gucci bag, I would wear it every day. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> but there, I do know people who wear only one pair of shoes once, and then they resell them or just hold them in their closet or something. I'm not one of those people, but me neither. If I got it, it's got a contract with me for life until it literally starts falling apart. So, right. I don't blame you. All right. So one of these articles had this, um, pop-up, uh, consumer store thing from Amazon. I went and looked at it. And as soon as I started reading the description and seeing the pictures and stuff, I was like, Okay, yeah, I can I can dig it. <laughs> yeah, the kiosk, isn't that so cool? That is. I mean, just for a couple of grand, you can set up basically a little convenience store and put it wherever. I mean, because that thing is small enough to fit on the back of a trailer. I mean, you don't even have to have it permanently attached anywhere. It doesn't look like so. No, and from and from the research that I've done, um, and folks, if they are listening and are interested, they can just find me uh, and the articles that we talk about on www.aier.org. Um, just search, go to staff. I'm like one of the first people in the in the row, Chloe Nagnus. Um, but what's interesting is that it's a 94 square foot interior space that you can set up outside. It's got wood to protect from water damage, weather damage, and you can also throw paint on it if you wanted to. Yeah. But for $4,000, you can have your own kiosk. So I don't know personally in the picture, if you look at the picture, their example on Amazon has, it's like candy bars, bags of chips, coffee. I mean, really whatever you want, you can sell it from this little kiosk, which 
would have been really convenient when I was a Girl Scout growing up because oh, yeah, yeah. I you just pump up in one it. place and sell all the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Sell all the cookies or take it to the farmer's market and you can sell your produce or quilted goods. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But when when folks have some type of product that they want to sell, I think Amazon One is just so imperative, especially if you're trying to sell books. Um, we have an amazing publishing program, AIER. Amazon has been central to all of our publishing needs and, and wants. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. But now folks that do craft shows or art fairs, I mean, if they want some type of freestanding structure, they can now buy it on Amazon. And it looks pretty easy to assemble. It looks like it's kind of it's kind of got like the Scandinavian like IKEA vibe. Yeah. So they could do it themselves if they wanted to. Um, but I just really think it's an awesome thing that can help small business owners. Uh, but again, you know, I kind of mentioned you know, maybe you can have this kiosk at an art fair or a craft show or a farmer's market. I'm curious to see if anyone buys one of these kiosks and tries to set it up someplace and, you know, maybe they get shut down by the government. Um, cause you know, you, you usually have to have some type of license or permit to sell in certain parts of the country in certain municipalities. So I think that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, I did a kind of a deep dive on YouTube about it today. So th those things get used for all kinds of stuff. There was uh, one guy who had kind of set it up as a, um, as more or less a tool shed, but he Ooh. would take it around on a trailer and he had like uh, knife sharpeners and uh, grinders and stuff in the back. So he would go to these gun and knife shows and just sharpen people's knives for a couple bucks a pop. Oh, that is smart. And since it was on the back of a trailer, I mean, he's not setting it down anywhere. It was, it, it was quite something to look at. I was like, oh, this guy figured it out. <laughs> but, yeah, I would yeah. say if you're going to try something like that, maybe a little small town outside where, you know, cops aren't going to be busting your chops every five minutes to, I was like, what are you selling all these candy bars for? You know, but, Don't worry about it. It's none of your business. Am I being detained? Yeah, ex exactly. And, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned the whole esthetician thing. You could set that up on a street corner. And, and this is just me. I'm not very talented with scissors, but I used to give my dad haircuts growing up in our in our garage in the summertime. Yeah. And he used, like, a, a clipper or whatever. Um, and that would be something that would be really cool to set up if you wanted to do haircuts or something for the homeless. Just, just a thought. Because we've got a pretty – I don't know what it looks like in Louisiana, but we have a pretty – I don't think strong is the right word. I want to say – higher number of, of homeless folks here in the central Indiana area. I need to do a little bit more research because I try, I try a lot to write about poverty and things that are important, drug use, um, along with economics um, and, and, and the free market. But again, I think if someone wants an opportunity to be their own boss, be a true entrepreneur uh, and have some type of brick and mortar storefront, this is the way to go. Yeah, totally, totally. And you don't even have to use it for, like, a store. Like I, like I said, there was uh, people just kind of using them as sheds and stuff just because it's kind of cheap and they can put it together really quick. But, yeah, uh, or inventory or something if you have an online store or whatever. I don't know. Maybe we should go into business together. I don't know <laughs> what to sell, but sell something. <laughs> <laughs> Home vampire facials. Uh, no, no thank you. Gosh. Now, 100%, HIV-free. <laughs> 
I just can't, I mean, I can believe that it's a thing because it's the market and more choice is great. Right. But I, I just personally don't see a benefit. I'm sure there is some type of benefit. I'm going to look it up and see what it says. But, um, yeah, I don't, Something right out of uh, medieval uh, European history right there, because Elizabeth Bathory used to to bathe in virgin's blood uh, in order to keep her young. (laughs) Maybe she was on to something. Ew, 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 ew. Oh, that's so gross. I know. Um, know. uh, Okay, so you've probably seen the photos. This is from Allure. A a celebrity or influencer's face is covered with blood spatter. It's not Halloween makeup. It's actually one of the latest treatment trends in skincare known as a vampire facial. Kim Kardashian's done it. Um, it's done in the. It's done with microdermabrasion. So they take like something that kind of hurts, and they use quote your own blood to help promote the healthy activity of your skin cells. Mm. Uh, okay, I don't know. I I just I don't think I could do it. We'll see. So they, ew ew. Okay, so it begins with a venipuncture, a blood draw to get the blood. And then they and then they put it in you. So those folks that got shut down must have been sharing needles or not dispo- disposing of them or using a new one. That's how they were giving HIV to people. So yeah. Yeah. gotta yeah. take uh, phlebotomy is uh, important. So. I guess, I guess. All right, so our home vampire facial (laughs) kit will include a scratchy rock and a needle and uh, like a big rubber tube to tie off with. And then maybe some Kim Kardashian beauty products, who knows, for you to try try after later. We'll see. But Kardashian (laughs) is spelled with a C to get around IP laws. Exactly, exactly. Gosh, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't like the Kardashians, and, and that's fine. You know, you can like whoever you want. But talk about building a beauty empire. I mean, her youngest, one uh, not the youngest youngest, uh, what's her name, Kylie Jenner, she's now worth a billion dollars. And she's 20 years old. She's not even 20. She can't even buy a glass, of, a bottle of champagne. And she's already a billionaire. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. But, you know, that's how markets work. There's a market for it. You know, consumers will come about. You know, and I'm fine with them. I, you know, I uh, wish them all the luck in the world. You know, they obviously they're very successful. And as far as I knew, they were being photographed from going from a car to a store. And I didn't really think that was a job worth speaking of. But like you said, I mean, billions of dollars. You know, I just don't watch the TV show. <laughs> you know, so no. I'll let them do their thing. I mean, if they're doing it and, you know, now Kim's getting in the news trying to get innocent people out of prison. So I, oh, I'm I can't awful. fault them any. <laughs> No, and I think it's it's pretty awesome. I've written a bit about Kim Kardashian, too, and Kanye West and what they're trying to do for criminal justice reform. Again, I think it's great. And I know, I think I wrote in here somewhere, I'm like scrolling through my archive. She is attempting to become a lawyer in, I think, California. Yeah, I heard and that. You don't necessarily, I guess, California is just its own planet. I don't really understand a lot of the rules out there. 
But I guess you don't have to go to law school in California to become a lawyer. You can do some type of apprenticeship and then take the bar and then you're a licensed attorney. So more power to her if that's what, if that's what her calling is. I think it's great. You know, now that you mention it, that's actually how a lot of people got their jobs was you had to go to an apprenticeship, maybe not get paid the greatest in the world. But after a certain amount of time, then they said, okay, well, here you are. Now you are a lawyer or engineer or whatever. Yeah, or a doctor or yeah. whatever. It's. I mean, I will say I think you probably should go to med school if you want to be a doctor. That's a little, you know, life, that's a little bit life and death. No pun, you know, pun intended, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, for for being a lawyer, if that's something that works for California, then – great. You know, Kim Kardashian's already a bajillionaire, but it's not like she's going to go into student debt in order to become a lawyer. I'm curious if that's, that's something that more people could do, if that's the type of, um, you know, career path they want to take. Because now, and I write about student loan debt a lot. We've got, I mean, I, I don't even know what the average student loan uh, debt looks like in the nation anymore because it's just so high. Um, so that I think is something that we should try to implement a little bit more in our society. I don't know how we go about it. I know Praxis is really, really awesome. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but they try to have a model where it's like, okay, you do an internship or an apprenticeship and you get paired with a mentor and then you're done. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Why did I waste my time on a four year degree if I could have studied you know, journalism at an actual newspaper or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the rules. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of Praxis before that it, I, basically to me, that just seems like, uh, you're just getting a foot in the door and Praxis is kind of like that foot. And once you're in there, I mean, now you've got a job, you know, then that's the, you're not having to go back and, you know, buy textbooks and everything else. So it's, it's a great business model, and I, I would in, encourage anybody, if you're just now about ready to graduate from high school and you don't really know what you do, just give it a look. See, what, see what's out there. And of course, uh, we will always need two pieces of metal welded together, and that's something you can go to a trade school for if you're not already learning it in high school. So, Right, or you, know, you could be an electrician or a mortician or... You know, whatever you want to be, you don't necessarily have to get a four-year degree for it. You don't even have to get a two-year degree yeah. or any college credits, you know. And I see a lot of folks who pressure their kids. These, I'm going to be 27 this summer, um, and my parents have a lot of friends who pressure their kids into going to a four-year university. And they have abs- they're 17 years old. They don't know what they want to be. You know, they have no idea what they want to do for the rest of their lives. So they go to a four-year institution. They are completely overwhelmed, have no direction, and then they come home Thanksgiving break having wasted all of that money when they could have just done some type of apprenticeship and not wasted all of their time and effort on trying to obtain a four-year degree when that wasn't for them. So I don't know. It's it's very interesting to me, this, this conundrum that our young people are in. Yeah, most seventeen-year-olds aren't going to know what they're going to want their what they want to do, and a lot of very interesting forty-year-olds are still trying to figure that out. So it's uh... <laughs> and that's what life is, though, right? It's like this never-ending cycle of figuring out who you are and what you want to do, and rebranding yourself, and still kind of being unsure. I mean, I've been out of school since. I sound so 
I'm not old, but you know, I'm late, late, late mid twenties, whatever. I feel like I'm a grandma most of the time, but you know, I'm still figuring life out. And I think a lot of people would, would say that. Um, so I don't know. I think it's just a lot of, of pressure to put on young people today. Yeah. And then, and even during high school and everything, they're being pushed in one direction, pulled in another direction. So it, even just them keeping their head straight is a, uh, is a miracle unto itself. So it, yeah, the whole system is, as we used to say, uh, eight up from the floor up. So <laughs> it really, <laughs> yeah. really does need to be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> but it, it, it is at this point. So, yeah, it's uh, unsustainable too. And I, and I think as far as the next bubble to go, um, uh, the stu- student loans are definitely going to be on the top of that list. Because once that pops, uh, yeah. oh, that's not going to be a pretty that's, day. No, it's not going to be a pretty day. And then it's it's ultimately rewarding bad behavior. And I'm very fortunate in that I worked three jobs through college. I earned as many scholarships as possible. I worked my butt off to be able to graduate debt-free, and I see other people that I know taking out loans for $100,000, $200,000, not applying all of it to school, and the thought of that kind of debt being completely wiped away, it just infuriates me. So, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that it, it doesn't come to something like that, but Eric, I, I think you're right. I think that definitely is going to be the next bubble to pop. Yeah, I uh, used to part-time drive for uh, Uber on the weekends, and you know I'm in a college town, so LSU is literally 10 minutes away from me, and that would be the majority of the rides on the weekends. And you know these kids would you know pile into a car, and they're all spending money, and I know most of them don't have jobs and everything, so I know that some of that is coming out of student loans or mommy and daddy's checkbook, one of the two. But right. yeah, that money's never getting paid back. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But I, I don't know, you know, you, you try in life, I feel like to, to do the right things and to, you know, live within your means. And I feel, especially as I get older, I realize that not everyone is taught that. And that's a really hard lesson to, to kind of learn and to kind of wake up to. Uh, but ultimately I think that, you know, you will be rewarded for all of the things that you've gone through in your past though. So life's some, some deep thoughts here on a Friday night. <laughs> well, you're having the wine, so it's bringing the deep it's thoughts out. Deep yeah. And people, people listening later are going to be like, Chloe, did you have a drink when you were talking? I'm like, yeah, it was eight 30 on a Friday night. Who cares? <laughs> I'll have several. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, I'll pour another one real quick. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm I'm good for now. I think I'm going to go out later with some friends, so I'm, I'm just going to stick to stick to the one glass. <laughs> at least for right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least wink, wink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll uh, go ahead and uh, just cut it right there, uh, Chloe. It's been a pleasure to have you on. I really hope to get you back on uh, again someday because this was uh, just awesome for me. Uh, is there any, uh, plugs that you want to give the audience? Um, trying to think big ones really. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate you reaching out to me on Twitter. Sometimes I feel like, uh, it's one hard to make friends in real life and two over the internet. Um, but you know, if, if folks have story ideas, I would always love to hear them. 
Um, anytime that folks have different podcasts, want to reach out, I'd love to talk about the work that I'm doing. Um, at AIER, definitely check out my work and the awesome publishing program there. Um, but I'm always happy to sit down with a glass of wine, beer, whatever over, over Skype. Um, and just chit chat about Liberty and what's going on in the world. Awesome. Awesome. Are you going to be at the uh, Libertarian National Convention in Austin? Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I mean, I probably, I, I probably should. When is it? Uh, it May 31st, I believe. It's in uh, Austin, Texas, uh, 2020. Yeah. Oh, so literally a year from now? Yeah. I probably can be there, sure. <laughs> I probably can, yeah. I, I lived in San Antonio for a while. That area is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. San Antonio is just beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. It is. The river walk and everything. Oh, it's great. So, all right, I'll take back the no, and I'll I'll say a hard maybe. A hard maybe? A hard maybe. I'll take it. Yeah, even if you're not going to do anything with the Libertarian Party business, because I think this time I'm not going to. But I I'm, I'm definitely want to be around for all of the stuff going on on the side. So I missed that at the last one because I was a delegate on the floor. So. Oh, yeah. I was there, I was there in 2016. Um, didn't make it in 18. So, yeah, probably 2020 I should go. It's kind of like the... Kind of like uh, IndyCar, uh, the 500 we were talking about earlier before we started recording. Yeah, it's like I try to go to the Indianapolis 500 at least every other year. So maybe with the with the national convention, I'll try to go. You know, every other time it happens. So we'll see. Yep, I think this one's going to be a pretty fun time, especially since I'm not going to be bogged down in delegate business. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that never makes it fun when you when all you want to do is just hang out and you have to do business stuff. It's not really fun. Oh yeah. All right. Well, we'll cut it right there. Uh, Chloe, have yourself a great night. Enjoy your uh, night out with your friends, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And there she goes, folks. Uh, oh, my God. That uh, filled up a bucket list right there. So, I mean, that's uh, one one name checked off. Uh, uh, Scott Horton is coming to Childerberg, and so maybe I might get some FaceTime with Scott Horton. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. But speaking of Childerberg, that's going to happen uh, here in just a couple weeks, uh, June uh, 7th and 8th, if uh, memory serves. I'm going to just check this right here. Nope. Yeah, 7th and 8th, uh, next uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to be out there camping. Uh, and speaking of camping, Car Camp is going to be there. Uh, Rollo McFlugel is going to be there. Uh, like I said, Scott Horton's going to be, be there. Um, and there may be another surprise guest coming in from a long way off who might be there. So uh, it's going to be a great time. Um, but yeah, let's get into the uh, the old plugs. Folks, if you're going to support the show, please do. Uh, got everything uh, for sale in the teespring.com forward slash rebel with a cause podcast. Uh, you got t-shirts, mugs. I got a tank top in there. Uh, please get something. Uh, it'll mean the world to me because it'll just go right into advertising the show or maybe getting better mic- microphones computer equipment, whatever. But um, also hit me up on uh, patreon.com. I'm still there. They haven't kicked me off yet. Subscribe star uh, and bitbacker.io if you got crypto burning a hole in your wallet or crypto wallet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, other than that, guys, uh, this one's down. We'll see you guys next week. Out. <laughs>